Hello, and welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks, and this podcast is the place to be if you are looking to start creating a lifestyle that you love. From business, entrepreneurship, travel, starting and sustaining a digital nomad lifestyle, and of course, making money online and investing, we talk about all of it here. So let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. This is our Digital Nomad Digest segment with myself and with co-host Cami. And today we are going to dive in and grill Cami on all things France and Paris. She has been living there for two months. months now, I believe. And before that, two months. And before that, she was living in Greece on an island in Greece for a year. So she has some experience. And we've talked about Greece in the past and comparisons between Greece, South America in previous episodes. So today we're going to be diving into Paris, France, all of the things, what it's like as a nomad, somebody working online and somebody who is really living in France full time and is establishing more of a life there versus somebody who is just going to travel for one or two weeks and then going back home to their home country because, and I think this is an interesting topic because a lot of us are interested in France and Paris in what it would look like to be a nomad and to stay a little bit longer, maybe for a few weeks, a month, two months. But I feel like there's not a lot of information on Paris other than it's super expensive. So I want to dive into more of the details today and what life looks like for you there, Cami. So what can you tell us to get started about Paris and some of your experiences living there. And then maybe we can dive into the finances, the nomad scene and everything in between. Yes, with pleasure. So yes, you said I've been here for two months already. It, it's not my first or my second or my third time being here. So I'm quite used to the city, to the metro station, to the way that the city outlines. Paris is like a round city. It's like an old kind of like ovalish round city. And they have the um, the neighborhoods, which they call the around arrondissement in French. But it's like the arrondissement. I, I don't know how to say it in English. Sorry. But it's like the arrondissement. So it starts with the first. And then it go like the first, the second, the third, and it's like on a spiral like this. Total, I think there are like 20 or something like that. I'm not sure. So there are like 20 arrondissements, which is which are like the neighborhoods which you are in. And then I'm in the 11th right now. The 11th is really close to the third, but not because it's like an, a line. Paris is not the cheapest city to live in, in terms of you know, like, but I think that one thing that I'm starting to realize here, and I think we to be honest, like within any big city in the world is that there are places and there are, it's kind of like there are so many places in a big city, so many different neighborhoods, so many different things happening that you kind of, you yourself decide whether it's going to be a more expensive or a cheaper experience. Of course, depending on the neighborhoods that you want to settle in, you will spend more money in rent or less. And as we were saying before, so there's like Paris Intramuros, which is like inter... Because before, so Paris is like round. There there was before this wall around Paris that doesn't exist anymore. And within those walls, it's like Paris, the center, centers, the city center. 
And then outside of those walls, it's the uh, suburbs. So it's like all of the other areas around Paris that is not the city center, but it's still very connected to the city center by train and by metro station and things like that. So someone can live outside of Paris and still be like 10 minutes away in a train, um, like a metro, you know, into the city center. So there are a lot of people who choose and the banlieue, which is how they call it here, because, you know, it's way cheaper than living in the city center. But it's all about like what makes sense for you, you know, like the neighborhood that makes sense for you, the amount of money that you make. Um, so, yes, for sure. Like I would say that Paris, especially if I compare it to where I was living before, which was Greece or even Eno as well, it's going to be more expensive than other cities. If you compare it to London, for example, it's pretty much the same. Maybe London is even more expensive because of the I I think that if you go to Amsterdam... It's kind of similar-ish. Maybe Paris is a little bit more expensive, but kind of similar-ish, you know, even the prices of lo of location and things like that. Yes, it can be an, ex uh, an expensive city or willing to stay in it for longer and kind of like find your unique hacks and your unique ways, which is what I'm finding <laughs> right now. It can be a city that makes sense to live in. My experience with being here as well is that the bigger the city, the bigger the opportunities you also have. For example, while I was living in Greece, it was a very limited amount of opportunities that I had to share my work with people. And since being here, for example, I'm in this group, which is called Women in Paris. It's an English-speaking group of people. And I do speak French. I have like B2 French, so I can't speak French. I can't communicate with you and everything. But to work and like have a podcast or something, like it's a little bit harder in French. Yeah, so for example, in this group, I saw the other day some um, some meditation circles, and this is something that I was already wanting to do. But in Greece, it's like, okay, I'm going to have maybe one or two people often because it's such a seasonal place. It's like, yeah, great, the group will form itself throughout summer, and then in, in winter, everyone's going to leave. So I think that one, one of the reasons why I decided to move to Paris specifically or to a bigger city more long term is because I was lacking i was feeling yeah i was lacking and missing this sense of community and the sense of kind of like something that i could just build long term and so these girls they were looking for a meditation circle and now like we're offering this me and a friend of mine we have like a whatsapp group and everything so we're, we're starting to do this more consistently it is more expensive but also you have to think on the opposite side there are more ways for you to make money Oh, I really like this mindset and this is a mindset that I try to live by. Of course, it's not always easy, but it's like, okay, if this is the life that I want and if this is the city that I want to live in, how can I afford to live here and make it work rather than I can't make it work because of because I still don't make X? Because that's how I started, you know, like when I left from Brazil to Portugal, it was a leap for me because I was making a minimum salary even in Portugal. So I didn't even have the money to pay the rent, but I still made it work. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to make this work. I, it's like a very bold and sometimes it's really scary, but it's a mindset that I try to have. So what does the what does your day to day expenses look like if you're getting groceries, if you're going out to eat, if you're going to a cafe, if you I don't know, whatever else you do, like you're going out for drinks at night. And are you doing that in the center? What are those prices versus a little bit outside of the center? Yeah, let's dive into that first. And then I'd love to hear more about the community and if there's you know, a nomad scene, if there's not so much, if it's more people living there long term, what that looks like. I feel like for rent here, if you want between like a room or a studio or like whatever, like the sky is the limit place, 
I would say that you pay between 800. Like, if you want a room, you can even find something for like 700, I think. Um, so let's say like 700, 800, two, then let's see, one, 600, one, 800. Like, of course, there are places that are like 2,000, 3,000. If you, if you are willing to pay 2,000, you're going to have a lot of things. Uh, but yeah. No, and no, is no. that for a room only? No, like no, no, no. I feel like if you want from the price that I've seen, if you're looking for a studio, you pay from 900 to maybe one, 300. Then if you're like looking for a one PS, which is like a room separate, like a separate, like a room and something else, you know, like not a studio, basically, you will pay like, yeah, between one, 300, one, 500 up from that. And then if you're looking for a room, I think you can go like 700 or something like that. But again, like I'm not 100% sure I'm not an expert. This is just things that I've been seeing. I think that you can still find a really small studio for like 800 or even lower. If you go outside of Paris, you can find a one, a one PS, like a non-studio, like a one room and something in, for like 800, not 900, you know? So it's like, if you go outside of Paris and keep in mind that like outside of Paris can still be like 10 minutes by train, you can get something half of the price of what you... So yeah, so a lot of people... Decide and is outside of Paris to you, like outside yeah. of that main circle that the city yeah. is circled in? Yeah. That, yeah, that's why it's so, it can be, it can still be super close. I'm actually very surprised by those prices. I would think that it would be, I guess, pertaining to the city center, like two times what you just said to live in the city center, like so expensive. I think that's really interesting because, and, and you know, my partner and I, we travel right now in South America and on Airbnb, which are much more expensive than renting from a local. Actually, in Chile, you can't even rent as a foreigner. You need to be resident. But most of the places that we see on Airbnb are around those prices anyway for like a one bedroom, a studio, maybe a few hundred more in Paris or a hundred more in Paris. But similar to what you just mentioned yeah, like in airbnb it would it would expensive I, um, I didn't really look that much i think it was like like for a studio they were asking like one five hundred or something like that you know like on an airbnb but like my friends that rent a place for one six hundred bedroom separate they already think that this price is kind of high i would say that you can find a place here for like between one thousand and one thousand two hundred like you'll find like a relatively it's not going to be the best place. Maybe it's not going to be in the in your neighborhood of choice or something like that, you know, because there are the most expensive neighborhoods, which is the like the Mahed, the Saint-Germain, like Saint-Kiem, Sixième, like which is below the, um, the Seine. So there are neighborhoods that you won't be able to find that, but there's still a lot of like surrounding neighbors that you, neighbors, neighborhoods that you'll be able to find that. And Paris, it's a big city, quote unquote, but it's really small. Like, it's not a big, especially me coming from Sao Paulo, you know, it's like, it's not a big city in the sense of like, so hard to get to places and blah, 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 blah. No, it's like quite a, an accessible city in regards to groceries. So when I first, there are like the main supermarket markets here, which is like the Monoprix, the Front, which are the, oh, I don't even know the equivalent to that in any country, but they also have like a, a, a Carrefour, which we have it in Brazil a mini one so they're grocery stores they're not supermarkets like we have Auchan for example which is kind of like the similar as Lidl that would be kind of like the you know 
but there there are like in fewer places so there are like bigger quote unquote but in general the markets here they're not like big supermarkets they're not a lot of hours and everything uh, these ones I'll say that they're not expensive but they're not cheap either you can find price ranging from a little bit of both when I first got here I was sh- doing all of my groceries in a monoply and I was finding it very expensive compared to Greece because I was buying like really really basic stuff 90 euros per per week and I was buying like basic stuff but again like I like to cook so it was 90 euros with almost all meals included you know like breakfast I like buying all, I don't know a little bit of smoked salmon I was buying like a good cheese I was buying meat. I like to eat very well so like it would be like medium fruit, let's say um however after I moved to my to my new neighborhood which is I discovered that there's this place called close to my to my apartment that's called an anti-gaspi store which is anti-waste. Like it's a concept that's like quite common here in France that they don't like to waste things and or like when the the courgettes are really ugly or something like that. Basically there is this grocery store next to my place that sells almost everything half the price and everything is like organic. So now for a week I'm spending like between 50 to 60 euros of groceries and it was like exactly what I paid in Greece like everything is really like super high quality and things like that so many variety of things um and then right in front of a bakery that's also the same concept a concept of like a bakery that get gathers like bread from all over the bakeries around the neighborhood that didn't sell and then they put it to sell on the next day for half the price so it's like a company you know like a, a super fancy bread for like 152 euros you know like the I brought, I bought this bread the other day for that sometimes like I'll go and I'll buy the fancy bread for 6 euros or 5 euros pour chocolat croissants normally like 152 euros i don't know if that's like 250 max and, and then for let's say for the fancy flat white that I like to get with almond milk I'll pay 6 euros between like 5 euros. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, but it is more expensive you know, when you put it all together within the scope of the world and Europe. I feel like it's kind of I feel like I would do the same for my smoothies. Like you self-justify like what you really mm-hmm. want and it's like no no like the smoothie is what I really want. So I'll take for, the for my flat for white. It. Oh my god, the other day I found a flat white that I've been thinking about like I'm obsessed with it. It's a salty caramel latte. Oh my god, when I tried it, it was like the perfect balance between sweet and kind of like salty but not that sweet, not that salty. I had I've never experienced something like that. It was like the perfect the perfect latte. I totally have those experiences and then it's so good and then sometimes you go back and then someone else makes mm. it and it's not as good and you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be so before. sad if that's the case." I might go back there tomorrow or the other day after because it's where my friend list works. And so we're we're always like doing our 30 minutes grab a coffee. Yeah, I would say that like for example, so between 60 to let's say like 80 euros in a week that I buy a lot of things. But 70 I would say. 70 euros groceries per week eating 90 to 95% of my meals home because I also don't want to spend with a lot of food out. Then if we're going out, like that's another story, you know. Like you, sp- I would say that w- a plate, like a a meal, not not the full meal, like a a, a plate, like a main main course. I don't know. Will be twenty between twenty to, be, no, let's say between 
17, 16 to 20, but then like this, whatever. I would say like around, if you go for brunch, it's a little bit cheaper. 12, 13 on like one plate. And then of course, like if you put drinks and everything, normally when I go out, I spend between like 25 to 35. 35 for me, it's already a lot. The other, However, I went dinner, we grabbed like two bottles of wine with a friend of mine. We spent, I think it was 50 euros or something, 60. I don't know, it was really, exp- I think it was 50. No, each. Or together. The guy each. spent okay. 50, she spent 50 and the other girl spent 50. So we were in three, sharing two bottles. We drank a lot, we ate like, all of the food, dessert, and everything, you know, like without limit. Um, that was like an expensive, like that was the most expensive night I've ever had here since being here. 50 euro, that was expensive. Uh, for me, I don't go out and I drink like, like if I go out and a glass of wine will be kind of like cheaper, kind of between, it depends on the place that you go, but like between 9, 12. Because I know that like an expensive drink here is considered for like 15. If a cocktail is 15, it's like, mm, this is expensive. If it's like 11-ish, it's a beer, I would say like it's below 10, like a pint of beer, 10. Um, a glass of wine, I would say that kind of below 10 as well. Uh, but again, it depends a lot. If you go to like more touristic or like fancy areas, you end up paying that. The good thing about my neighborhood is that I have a mix of really cheap places and then really expensive places because it's kind of like a hipster, kind of like coolish neighborhood. So you still get a lot of artists that are living around that they can't afford a lot of things. So there are like there's like the really cool, uh, really good like falafel guy, you know, that's like really, really delicious. Like has like how many stars on Google Maps, but has like a place that's like falling apart, you know, but it's like the best place or a very good burger that's burger fries and drink. I'll pay like 20 euros or something. So it depends a lot on where you go. Yeah. So the metro here, it's quite easy to get around with and like super connected. I try to avoid the metro first because there's like the bed bug situation going on. I don't know if you've seen it on the news. I have seen that. And then I know one girl who's there traveling now and she's like, I haven't seen this thing. Well, me neither. Um, but I try to avoid... I know, like, stories of friends of friends, you know. I don't know. I'm just, I just try to the metro um, because of that. Because they, they are, like, on this, on the cushions. And also because right now in Paris, the person that's in charge of Paris, she's trying to make Paris a more bike-friendly city, like Amsterdam, for example. So, honestly, like, since I've been coming to Paris a lot, since I was, like, young, I've never seen the city so bike friendly as now. They have bike lanes. They have like specific places for the bike, but they also have like drawings on the on the floor. Whatever. Like there are like several bike lanes. And even every street, there's like the you can go on the opposite direction with the bike. So even if the car is like going straight, you can go the opposite direction with the bike. And that's legal. Like in Brazil, if you did that, that would be illegal. The police could stop you and be like, here, this is like a one-way street. You can't do that with a bike, but here you can. So it's permitted. And I have a lot of friends here that say that Paris is not the most bike-friendly place because, you know, you're not respected as a biker and everything. However, I always answer to them, okay, go bike in Brazil, go bike in Sao Paulo, and then you'll see what really is not a bike-friendly city because I have never felt in danger or like I wasn't respected, like no one is beeping. So in general, what I've started to do is that I'll just 
get these bikes, which is from, so not like those kind of like two wheel things from Uber. So they took it out. They took that away like last month because it was really dangerous. So they did like a, a voting thing with the city and everyone decided to take it away. But they still have the bikes. So, and they're electric, electrical bikes. So they're so much easier to just like, get around with you're just like pedaling and like doing nothing honestly <laughs> on the bike and you get around the city so much easier because there's so much traffic as well so if you would get an uber or something like that you'd still be stuck in traffic so i just get the electrical bike and right now with this uber thing it's quite expensive so they charge you per minute so if i stay on the bike for example i go to my french classes and i take it takes normally uh, it takes me 15 minutes to go to get there for my place I'll pay like five euros you know like it's quite expensive because if you amount that like times I don't know every day that you take the bike so what I'm doing right now is that is bike membership electrical bike membership so I'm just gonna pay I think it's between 50 or 60 euros then I have the bike for the entire month and that just it makes so much sense even if I put like in the calculation if what I would pay with the metro or something like that, because each metro ticket it's two point two ten euros. So yeah, if you're just like taking it a lot and everything, the bike makes sense and it's way quicker to get anywhere. If I would go from here to my French classes with the metro, it would take me forty minutes. If I go with the bike, it takes me fifteen minutes you know, with the electrical bike. So it's just so much easier to get around and it like a bike-friendly city as well. So that is like a hack that I would have for anyone who wants to stay in Paris for longer. But then again, like the bi- the electrical bike thing, you have to get a membership for at least like six months to one year. So if you are someone who's visiting for one month, then maybe that won't make sense. Then either you can use like the Uber one or then just like take the metro or something like that. So yeah, but then, like, that's what I'm saying, that you find your little hex, you know? You find, like, your, your little anti-waste store, grocery store. You find your little anti-waste bakery. You find the restaurants that are not super expensive, you know, kind of, like, low-key, coolish restaurants or the bar that is not super expensive. So, yeah, I feel like the bigger the city, the more options you also have. So I think it's all about finding those options and just, you know, making a commitment true. Yeah, I love that. It's so interesting. Thank you for sharing. It makes me kind of feel like it's similar to Toronto, it sounds like, except I think housing sounds much, much cheaper than renting in Toronto. But I think aside from that, it sounds like it would be pretty similar, which I think would make sense. But what about the community? Is there a nomad community? Is it more local? So I feel like Paris is a very international city because it's Paris, it's as if it's London or whatever else, whichever. So I would say that what I will preface by starting by by starting by starting this saying that I do speak French. My French is like B two level. I can have a conversation. I can express feelings. I can express emotions. So I don't have the same experience as a non French speaking person would have in Paris. I have the sensation that they have changed a lot their mentality recently. Because whenever I am in a cafe with a friend, I'm normally speaking either Portuguese or I'm speaking English. And sometimes the waiters, they come and they start speaking English with us because we are speaking English to each other. And they don't seem they're pissed or they're like, oh, this goes, you know, like how people really portray the Parisians. I feel like 
there are people who are like that, of course, but I think that this was stronger maybe a little bit in the past. Whereas right now, I feel like this has changed a little bit. Again, this is my experience, but I don't speak English that often. I don't speak to French people. I don't speak English. That's my experience. But when I see them coming and speaking English to us, they don't seem like they're angry. So this has been my experience. Um, in talking about community, this is something else that I felt a lot around, you know, like living in Greece and living in Portugal and things like that, which was the seasonality of the places that I was choosing. So whenever you, I was choosing a place that was really great in summer, in winter, it would close, uh, people would leave and it would just drop really, I don't know, the things to do and everything, like the opportunities, the experiences, the adventures, the things that you could do, they were really connected to the outside, you know, going to be taking a, bus, a, a boat trip or something like that. And that didn't happen during the winter. And that was really starting to frustrate me because I wanted to find a place that was more alive during any season, even especially in, in winter as well. So I think that this is a big thing for me now seeing winter starting here, like fall or whatever, you know, starting to get cold. People are changing. I can see that in their faces, they're starting to get more kind of like kind of more anxious more nervous kind of more oh it's so, like it's pissing me off that it's you know so cold and more closed off like I can see that happening but at the same time things are not closing things are just changing you know they're adapting to the new season instead of just ah this is it. like we're not in business anymore so I feel like here because it's not that seasonal when you meet someone, they won't leave like next month. So in those groups that I mean, like women in Paris, things like that, there are groups of international people living in Paris. They are people who are staying for longer. They've been living here for some a couple of years already. So the majority of people that I do meet, they have lived, they have been living here for two years or more. Uh, they don't plan on leaving yet as well. So it is a place that allows you to build a more long-term. I was kind of, I don't know if luck is the word, but I was really lucky because I already met, I already knew a girl, a, a girl from Brazil, a very big friend of mine that was living here. So she's been helping me a lot. Like this apartment that I'm staying was her former apartment. Now she's living with her boyfriend. I'm, I'm sublet, sublet. She's helping me get the bike, for example, the electrical bike. And she has, a boyfriend that is French, so his friends are French, so I hang out with them a little bit, and I hang out with her a lot. So I have another friend that's like international. I know a lot of other Brazilians that are living like because it's fair, like you always have kind of like people visiting and coming and going. So I've had that as well. And yeah, and there's like this group of of women. So I feel like there's still a lot of things happening for digital nomads. I saw the other day like the this girl po posting on a group saying that they were organizing this co-working like collective co-working session on a Wednesday and you had to RSVP because places would go like quite fast so that's still happening there are several co-working here that you um that you can go like I've gone to some they don't really speak to each other th that much a lot of people doing a lot of different experiences and I've seen dinner like nomad dinners it's, they don't even call it nomad actually it's more like expats international dinner so here i feel like the scene quote unquote it's much more like 
people who are living here long term and that are international want to meet international people more like expats rather than like I'm here for two weeks or three weeks and three months and then I'm leaving. But of course, they can find a common ground <laughs> between meeting each other. So, yeah, so it's really interesting because they, they organize all dinners, drinks, really a lot of different on you to kind of like put yourself out there and but that's the same in every city especially if you're alone i think i could see that in paris being more of a expat community because i feel like people nomads travelers go there for a shorter amount of time and leave and don't really make those connections so that makes sense i mean that reminds me of when we lived in istanbul i was connecting with people who were expats in Istanbul, not so much nomads, um, because you are kind of always on the move. So yeah, I understand that less of a like a Bali for digital nomads, more of an expat city. So is there anything else that's important to touch on that we haven't really in this conversation? If somebody is listening, wanting to potentially live or just digital nomad for a few months in Paris? Yeah, I'd say that Facebook is a great place for you to find people, opportunities, experiences, like things that are going on or anything, rental places. So because Paris is like a more expensive city, a lot of people, when they leave, they sublet their places. So if you are wanting to come on here and you don't want to pay an Airbnb, but you still want to be like, have kind of like the experience of the town and everything, the city, go, I would really highly suggest going in one of those groups like Paris, Sulocation, Cotion, Sulocation, like there's like this group in in Facebook, which is huge. And people, they are always posting like sublet from whatever, like this date to this date, but flexible and everything. So you can always find a place where they're renting for weeks or maybe like a couple of months. And then you don't have to go through like this of Airbnb or like renting a more expensive place with an agency or something like that. So that's like my biggest tip for you. There there are several people subletting constantly in Paris. So if you go on Facebook, you'll definitely find it. If you are a woman in Paris, go check this group out, Women in Paris. And then like, I think you'll find your way around it. This weekend, for example, I didn't have that much planned. And then this friend of mine saw, I don't know in which group, this thing of like an intuitive dance thing happening and both of us thought that it would be in English so like my my French is okay but her is like really low level so at some point we got into the intuitive dance thing it was full in French everyone was French just as we were the two kind of like international people there and she like didn't understand anything that was going on but she just went with it I understood like 95% of what was going on the 5% people are just speaking way too fast. But it was really cool, you know? It was really cool to experience sharing about gratitude and my intention in French and just being able to see how French people just, I don't know, intuitive dance or whatever, you know? And then we went... That was a really fun day, actually. Then after that, we went to grab something to eat in this, like, little Mexican place. And we sat on this communal table and next to Latina girls and they were speaking Spanish between each other. And we started talking to them like randomly. I was like, oh, where are you guys from? And one was Mexican. The other one was from Colombia. I was like, oh, I'm from Brazil. And started talking to my friend. She also spoke a little bit of Spanish because she lived in Mexico. She's also a digital nomad. And then we just ended up like spending the the, the rest of the day with them. We went out on the in the bar to grab some drinks. And we just spent five hours talking. And they were so, so cool. Like one of them 
um, is a content creator, kind of travel content creator. The other one is a full-time photographer, a couple of couples photographers here in Paris. And it was just like a, such a cool experience, you know, and I went home and I was feeling so happy and so grateful. And I was like this sense of connection, like we got each other's Instagram. And if I go visit like the city of the, like I'll talk to her and having this connection with international people and of course the locals, like French people as well. But I think that a lot of people, they have, like, and I had this as well when I first got here, this preconception of because it's a big city, it's always going to be hard. Like things are going to be more expensive. It's going to be harder to go to places. It's going to be harder to meet people because everyone has already like their life set up. But I think that it's a, also a mindset of us opening up to other possibilities and other opportunities to make money and other options of like, ah, by by chance, there's like an anti-waste store next to me and I'm spending the same in groceries that I was spending in groceries. There's like so many things that also can open up when you are in a big city. And for me, I grew up in a big city, in a huge city in Sao Paulo, so I'm really used to kind of like the way of kind of like living and moving around in a big city like this. So yeah, for now, it feels really aligned to me and I'm feeling really grateful to be more grounded, to feel the sense of community and not having the same grocery store, being integrated in the city in some way. So I think the biggest thing that I would kind of like end off in is don't put yourself out of the experience just because oh, there are people who like, people love seeing things like ah, Paris is too expensive Paris is full of Parisians French people are no 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 yeah what if they're not what if you know you'll find your way I love that that there are stereotypes everywhere and just because it's a stereotype does not mean that it's true and go explore for yourself and I think that's one of the great things about this lifestyle too is that if you aren't sure if something's true or you want to, you just go there yourself if it is something that really does interest you. So thank you, Cami, for sharing all of this information. It was really interesting to hear from a semi-local at this point what it is like really living and integrating your life and having a life in Paris. So thank you for that. And this has been our Digital Nomad Digest segment out every single Friday with both myself and Cami talking on all topics of digital nomad, expat life. We talk about a lot about alignment and the finance and the money of things and just any questions that we get. So thank you for joining us here and we will see you in next Friday's episode. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode stuck out to you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials and of course, be sure to tag me at Nomadniques. Don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, thank you for joining me on this learning journey and I will see you next week.